Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. is Tech News Today for Tuesday, May 24th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look professional. Get started with a free package at freshbooks.com. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm wishing my wife and best friend happy birthday. Oh, and I'm Jason Aww. Howell. Wow, your name changed. Yeah. It's, it's very wow. long it's, now. It's all hyphenated. How, so do I have to change your lower third? Is that Icelandic? You can. I didn't realize that I had to change your lower third I think you to should. a full sentence. Happy birthday, Merlin. Yes. Happy birthday, both, Merlin. Yay. Both my best friend and my best and my wife. Oh, who, who, Separate people. who else's birthday? Separate your people. wife isn't your best friend? No. Well, you are so busted. No. They're both oh, born on May 24th, 1979. So now you know how old they are. Have you ever seen them in the same room together? Often. Okay. Well, <laughs> that, that alleviates a lot of my fear. Yeah, that, that takes care of that. So happy problem. birthday to you guys. All right, great. Uh, you didn't name your best friend. Really? I named your wife. And then there's Rob. Oh, Rob. Happy birthday, Rob. There you go. Uh, Google is going to reveal their new mobile wallet ambitions. Don't worry. We're going to talk about Windows Phone 7.1. We're going to talk about Barnes & Noble's new uh, e-reader. But uh, this just uh, came out this afternoon, um, Thursday, May 26th, according to Bloomberg. Uh, Google will introduce a mobile payment service. And then a week from today at D9, Eric Schmidt's uh, delivering the keynote address, and he's going to do a thorough demonstration of their new digital wallet. It's going to use near-field communication, so any phone with NFC that runs Android, which it'll be centered around, uh, is going to be able to do this. Although Bloomberg reports that it's going to launch as a partnership with Sprint, so that you'd be able to go use your Sprint Android phone to pay for stuff. What I'm wondering is if they were probably already going to talk about all of this at D next week, did they rush some sort of announcement because Square got a lot of attention yesterday for trying to disrupt the whole credit card industry? Well, Eric Schmidt is scheduled to deliver the keynote at D9. So maybe they decided we want to have a focused announcement for it and then... We Eric can show Probably, it off because yeah. he's already on. By my, the time I, he gets there, he doesn't have to say, all right, so here's what's going on. Everyone has yeah. kind of already heard the buzz, and then of, he can explain it in detail. I feel like it goes that way where they're like, hey, we wanna, we're ready to in- announce this. Eric, why don't you do a demo yeah. during your, uh, your keynote, but we'll build a little excitement for it. Well, considering Sprint's so small and there aren't that many Android phones, I mean, there's the Nexus S that has NFC. Is this going to be like a big mark on, on the market where people go, oh, great, I have my Google Nexus oh, S? Uh, well, let, let me narrow it down a little more for you. The service will only launch in five cities to start with. But it's New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., and Chicago. So, so major markets. If you're in those five major markets and you, and have, you have a Sprint phone that, that uses Android and has NFC in it, then you're golden. So it's a Do very it. small test market. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Well, Do any Sprint Android phones have NFC right now? The Nexus is the S. Nexus S on Sprint? Yes. Well, there's one. T-Mobile. Okay. The Nexus S is on T-Mobile. Yeah, it's but on T-Mobile. There is a Sprint Nexus S as well. Oh, right. There is the, uh, the, uh, the Sprint version of Nexus S, which is on WiMAX. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Yeah, because that, that's the advantage is like, oh, we got, a, we got a Nexus S that has faster speeds. Oh, it's on Sprint. What about Google hmm. Checkout? I mean, does this have nothing to do with the Google Checkout payment service? That's on so Android So now I'm confused phones. if that's Google Wallet or is that something separate? 
Well, I mean, this sounds like something different. I just don't know if it's going to be well, one of these is, Google things where, where two yeah. services don't have anything to do with each other, even though they should. Yes. My guess is the answer okay. to that question is yeah. yes. Right. This is going to be a whole different yeah. thing. Because this is meant to be like you go into the coffee shop, you go into the convenience store, you buy your Slurpee, and you just swipe the uh, the phone mm-hmm. with the NFC, and then it, it does the payment for you. It's supposed to be competing with the other standards that are coming out with ISIS. It's supposed to be working with Visa and MasterCard, and I think even Discover. And this is a totally separate thing. Yeah, exactly. Google Checkout, you use a Visa to pay, right. whereas with this, I think you use the Google system, whatever it is, to pay. You, you, you're not hooking up a credit card service. We'll see how confused Acting this, as a credit we'll card. We'll see how confused this looks in a, in a week. Yeah. Well, this is all just, a, we don't know what the announcement is, so we'll have more to say on Thursday once we actually figure out what it is. Microsoft today announced Windows Phone 7.1, which is the new name for Windows Mango. Sometimes the code names are better than the actual names. Do you think 7.1 is less cool than uh, Mango? It's a little bit, a bit disappointing. It's like Windows Phone 7, and then we're all excited about Mango. Mango's going to have 500 new features. Mango's going to have multitasking. Mango's going to have this cool, like, threaded messaging where Facebook and SMS and, and live IMs all come into one screen, and it's called Windows 7.1. Right. It, it, I feel like they're underselling it. Well, I mean, they're not saying this is a brand new operating system. They're saying it's just pretty a tweak. Pretty much it is a brand new operating well, system. Well, we were talking about this earlier, and, and Tom, you were saying pretty much how this is what you expected Windows Phone to be when it originally launched. Now, it, it looks effectively the same, and a lot of the features, I think, are pretty cool. I mean, the uh, the threaded messaging, I know WebOS had that like when it launched, or at least when it was announced way back in, I don't know, two years ago, Threaded messaging means that all of your messages, whether they're what, like text or coming from Twitter DM sort of thing, will all be in one Well, they say SMS, Facebook, and Live Messenger. So I don't know if AIM and Yahoo Instant Message are going to work in there. Uh, And Twitter is not mentioned as working in there. Well, could AIM go through Windows Live Messenger somehow? If they have a partnership involved, maybe. Because I know in the demo, they showed off Xbox Live, which uses Live Messenger, working with this same threaded thing. Where's Skype going to come into this? And the Windows Live Messenger also? 7.2, probably. <laughs> I mean, they didn't talk about Skype at all in this in this uh, announcement. I actually, uh, no, they, I actually no. really like this idea. I mean, I like having... Amber and I were talking about on this on the social hour this week, where it's like, we... And, you know, we don't represent how everybody uses their services, but it's like... You start to get to the point where it's like, I don't want to have to check Facebook to see what my Facebook messages are and then go over to Twitter to see who's DM'd me and then check, you know, my SMS messages on my phone. It's like, it would it would be great if they were all kind of coming into one place based on how convenient it was for my friend, wherever they were at the time, to send me a little something. You're also going to get one inbox for all email accounts, which, again, that's been around for a while on other, mm-hmm. other phone platforms. Uh, contact group tiles with the ability to send to entire groups. So you can create your family tile, and then you could send a message to everybody uh, on that tile. Uh, Bing adds a couple things. Uh, local Scout and Quick Cards. Uh, local Scout is sort of uh, location-based search. You're, you're in a place, and you say, what's nearby? And you can search for the businesses and events and things that are nearby you. Quick Cards seems to be more uh, topic-based. If, I, if I'm searching for a movie, it'll give me uh, movie times and places to buy tickets and Rotten Tomatoes review and be able to link me right into the IMDb app if I want to go that way. I like the contact group tiles. Um, you know, I, I, it sounds a lot like something like GroupMe, you know, for iOS or Beluga or any of the apps that sort of circumvent SMS and just allow you to create a group within an app and, and message each other. I wonder how much this has to do with nobody wanting to develop this for Windows Phone. 
So Microsoft went ahead. So and Microsoft just said, "Fine, we'll just make our own." Yeah. Um, but it's but it's it's actually very helpful. I use stuff like this all the time. Bing Vision uh, demo shows off app integration. Uh, you view a book. Like you use the camera, right? right? This one I thought I was I was quite excited about this when I saw the demo. So they they show it in the video. They take the phone. They actually look at a book and by the title, uh, the Bing Vision identifies the book. And then it'll bring you to apps that are actually related to that. So if you're looking at a book, it'll you'll swipe over and you can go to the Amazon app or the Kindle store or Best Buy where this book is available. So it's kind of a nice thing. You don't have to, it's almost like Google, Google Goggles, which is very hard to say, but called Bing Vision. And I liked just that it worked with the applications that were already installed on the phone. Because otherwise, you, know, you can identify it and you can go through a search and you can go through links and blah, 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 blah. But right. to have it built into the operating system to take you to an application that's actually applicable is I thought actually a really cool move. Also, uh, QR code uh, is integrated into the operating system, so they can do some augmented reality stuff. Right. Uh, they made a big deal about IE9 being the same browser as you get in Windows 7. It's got hardware acceleration for graphics uh, and doesn't support Flash. Yeah, in the demo, they show an HTML5 page being loaded on an iPhone 4, a BlackBerry device, uh, a Windows Phone 7 device, and a, this Android. Uh, mm-hmm. And it looks like the Windows Phone device just pretty much killed it. Did 24 frames a second for these little images versus an iPhone, which did, I think, like 10. And the BlackBerry did four. So it didn't do so hot. But the uh, Android one did in the middle, like 10. Anyway, there's supposedly 500 features, so we're not going to go through all of them. But (laughs) it will be coming in autumn, uh, freely available to all handsets. Nicely phrased there, freely available. We're putting it out there. AT&T can hold it up as long as they want. That doesn't mean it's going to roll out. It'll be there. there. Uh, New hardware partners also announced. Acer, Fujitsu, and ZTE will join uh, Dell, HTC, Samsung, and LG. Of course, Nokia uh, is a new hardware partner, but we already knew about them. Beta SDK should be available for developers within 24 hours. Uh, And Windows Phone 7 Marketplace, they announced, now has 18,000 apps, 500 which are e-books. Uh, that, that's compared to Apple's App Store, which just hit the 500,000 mark. Of course, it's been around for many years now. Uh, and as a comparison, RIM, which has been around for many more years, only has 25,000 apps. Yeah, and that depends how you count on 25,000 apps. Over at CNET, they were talking about 7,500 of that 25,000 were visual themes and 9,000 are ebooks. So if you take those out, then it's less than Windows already. Uh, Nokia plans to call its Windows Phone 7 phones Nokia with Windows Phone. See, why can't they just... <laughs> Mango's sounding better and better. Yeah. Nokia wanted, with Windows Phone. Nokia like they're trying to sound clunky. Nokia with Manga Phone. Manga Phone. Or Manga Phone. Comes with preloaded mm. manga. Uh, Digital comics. Right under there. the hood, Qualcomm announced that it will be the chip that powers uh, the Windows Phone with its Snapdragon processor. There was some speculation that STM uh, might be under the hood, but it's not going to be, at least according to Qualcomm. Yeah, it's because the STM microelectronics guy or the ST microelectronics uh, head was saying our our chips are going to be in the Nokia Windows Phone phones. Okay, we have a deal with Nokia. We've worked with Nokia in the past, so we'll be there. Qualcomm today saying, nope, that's not going to be happening. Uh, but then again, then again, Nokia has a very special deal with Microsoft anyway. So maybe STM is still right. I, I don't I don't know right now. Well, uh, Qualcomm said, quote. The new generation of Windows Phone handsets exclusively features Qualcomm's second-generation Snapdragon mobile processors. Features. Exclusively. And that's the opposite. Uh, I know. We I'm can, just thinking, I'm wondering if... We could parse this I wonder if it's supposed to be like the featured partner long. or yeah. not, that kind of thing. Uh, any other idea of there of the 500 features here that uh, struck anybody? Because I, I think it's... I think we've spent enough time on Windows Phone 7. But it, overall, people like it. It looks good. 
Yeah, I mean, I I like Windows Phone. I, I think this looks like a really good update. All I'm right. excited to play around with it. Let's move on to the other announcement that came exactly at the same time as Microsoft. Barnes & Noble announced the Simple Touch Reader, a simplified version of the Nook. Uh, so this will take the place of the previous original Nook, uh, and uh, both the Wi-Fi and the 3G model, but it's actually got fewer features. Uh, they, they touted that it's got better features, though. They, they claim two months of battery life if you read, on average... 30 minutes a day. Now, this is the e-ink version. This isn't the, it's not replacing the color. This isn't replacing the what they're calling now the first edition, I believe, of the Nook. And what's kind of neat about this, it has a touchscreen, but the technology is based on IR. Now, if you looked at the old versions of touchscreen e-ink, you always had this really reflective, like really poor reading surface. This, I, I haven't seen this in real life, but from the videos, it actually looks pretty good. This IR technology mm-hmm. makes it look like regular e-ink. So that when you tap the screen, there's IR behind it. So that's what you're really messing with. You're not really messing with the screen. Why call it IR? IR means infrared. Call it something else. No, I think it actually is infrared. Yeah, but I, that makes me think there's like an infrared receptor. Maybe there it. is. There could Maybe be. There Watch is. out. You know, even if you were to read more than 30 minutes a day, you know, there might be another day that you don't read at all. It's like, I mean, two months of battery life is really impressive. And I think that's about double from the original Nook. Yeah, that and they've reduced the flashing. So like every time you change a page, you used to go from... 80% less flashing. 80%. So what I actually, in the, in the demo, you see this, it's like every sixth page, you'll see the big black flash because that's how e-ink works. It's like it's half uh, a white ball and half black and it spins into the right axis of the right configuration. So you don't see that every single page. And I think Engadget was thinking, or they wrote, that this might be more distracting because you're seeing it fewer times instead of you know just kind of ignoring yeah, it. Yeah, it'll just pop up all of a sudden out of nowhere. Yeah, you'll see it. Five pages in, six? What was that? Uh, two gigabytes onboard memory, upgradable to 32 gigabytes with the micro SDHC card. Only one button because of the touchscreen. You don't need a bunch of buttons. Uh, Wi-Fi, though, no 3G. Uh, although when you're in a Barnes & Noble bookstore, you can read any book you want. At least any book that they have in the Barnes & Noble online store. Well, there are a uh, bunch of bunch of sharing, social networking stuff. You got Twitter, you got Facebook, the ability to share books. Uh, you can go to mynook.com online and, and, and manage that on your browser. Uh, customize screensavers with your own pictures. That's something that the Kindle can't do. Uh, all in all, it seems like $139 uh, shipping sometime around June 10th. You can pre-order now. It's going to be in uh, Best Buy, Walmart, Staples, and of course, Barnes & Noble stores. I'd almost rather go get the first Nook for the cheaper price of 119 bucks. They just lowered the price of the first Wi-Fi Nook at $119 or spend the 169 to get the 3G one while you still can. They I mean, sh- the Nook color is going to be their 3G one, I guess. Right, right yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't think they're going to screw with that one. I guess this is just, listen, they want to make something very specific for a specific group of people, people who want to read. They're taking out anything extra, no, no confusion. What else does it do? No actual and no actual browser. I, I think for some people, this is going to be perfect. I guess it's the right price. Yeah. Exactly. I, you know, they're comparing this to the Amazon Kindle's base model, and they say it's smaller but has the same screen size. Uh, and it's easier to hold because they got some tactile stuff. Yeah, the back's supposed to be rubbery. Ru- rubberized. And I was looking at the design. I mean, I've used a Kindle too, and I always found a very odd where to put your thumb because you might hit the keyboard. There's no keyboard on this thing. You're going to figure this out pretty fast. I looked at the, the design, looks like it, it looks very comfortable. Which is, I mean, very important when you're holding something and you're reading this thing for hours and hours on end. The battery life of two months. I mean, this is, this is out of work. 
All right, let's take a quick break and thank our sponsor, FreshBooks. If you're a small business owner, a freelancer, consultant, uh, you don't have to go through pain every time you invoice. I've used FreshBooks, and it is very easy to set up an invoicing system. In fact, you could set up three clients for free right now. Just go to FreshBooks.com and set them up and give it a try. They will create online professional-looking invoices. You can upload your logo to personalize them, and then... You just press a button and it sends the invoice away and it takes care of it for you. It's like having an assistant that looks out for every invoice and say, and emails the company, takes the payments. They t- have 11 different ways of taking payments. You don't have to worry about all that stuff. Even if they're late paying, FreshBooks will actually play the heavy and start sending the emails saying, hey, you're late. You need to pay this invoice and then update you to say, hey, these, these folks aren't paying. Uh, and if you've got some clients, you're like, you know, I got some clients, they really need paper uh, printouts. For a buck thirty-nine per invoice, you can have the invoice printed out and mailed to your clients. You don't have to touch it. You don't have to mess with it. Uh, over 2 million users have been sending and paying invoices with FreshBooks since 2004. I am one of them. Uh, try it, like I said, for free. You get to set up three clients for free, and it's pretty reasonable if you need to set up more than three clients, which probably most people do. Uh, go to FreshBooks.com, sign up for the free account, and cake. I mean it. There, there's cake. It's not a lie. It's not that cake that Sarah's eating right now, Although but it is exact, a it's actually better than delicious this cake. cake. Not that there's anything wrong with this cake. This is good cake. FreshBooks cake was a, a step above. It was like a a Twinkie. All you got? <laughs> no, it was much better than a Twinkie. <laughs> well, I like Twinkies. Okay, I'm not. That's, that's not the highest praise from Sarah Lee. Uh, I think what you need to, what you need to do is go try it out. FreshBooks.com, and when you try it out, put a note saying, "Hey, I heard about this on Tech News Today," and they will sign you up. Uh, and you could win a free birthday cake uh, that they give away once a month. Uh, doesn't have to be your birthday. You just yeah. win the cake anyway. So check it out. We thank them for their support of Tech News Today. All right. It is a fun time in France for President Nicolas Sarkozy at the EG8. This is a uh, a little adjunct to the G8. They've invited lots of tech bigwigs. Leo actually got invited to this. He wasn't able to go, but our own Jeff Jarvis did get to go. He's there along with Mark Zuckerberg, Jimmy Wales, Eric Schmidt, Rupert Murdoch. Uh, those four will be speaking. Jeff Jeff did get a chance to speak today. He wasn't giving a speech, but he, uh, he asked Sarkozy a question during the Q&A section. And to uh, find out why, let's, let's talk a bit, little bit about what Sarkozy said. Uh, if you don't know, France has been very strict about intellectual property. They have the Hadopi, the three strikes law, that is one of the strictest uh, copyright infringement laws in the world. And he was taking this internet audience that he had assembled to task uh, and chiding them. He said... The universe that you represent is not a parallel one, free of the rule of law, free of morals, and more generally of fundamental principles that govern social life in democratic countries. From the moment that the Internet becomes a part of the lives of the majority of people, it would be a contradiction to keep governments away from this immense forum. Nobody can or may forget that governments are in our democracies the legitimate representatives of the general will. To forget this is to risk democratic chaos and hence anarchy. You are proponents of anarchy. Because currently, because it, since it's not regulated, we're in, a, in, a, in a, a thing of anarchy right now. We're in a state yep. of anarchy. We are totally this in a state of anarchy. This is as crazy as it gets. That's it. Uh, Jeff Jarvis uh, in the Q&A section asked President Sarkozy if he would be willing to sign a do not harm the internet pledge. 
based on these things about, you know, the government wants to come in and get in your business and, and all of this. Uh, the suggestion, according to the BBC, was met with some indignation with President Sarkozy suggesting that asserting controls on illegal activity could never be regarded as harmful. Well, well, that's easy then. Anything the government does is fine. Don't need to sign any do not harm things. I'm glad we cleared that up then. Yep. Real simple. That's easy. Government rules, It's that's the end of this. Is it just me or does Sarkozy seem a little crazier than some of the politicians we have here? I mean, I don't think he's coming across as crazy. I think he's coming across as somebody who believes that the government needs to be policing all facets of life. Right, just, and they are the people who are in that power for that reason. And the internet, uh, and anyone who's running uh, companies on the internet, specifically big, powerful companies like Facebook and Google, just to name a couple, um, don't get to have different rules. I, you know, I mean, he's taking a hard line. Obviously, France has taken a hard line internet-wise than other countries already. But that's, I think, just what he believes, and I think he his indignation comes from anyone saying otherwise. Yeah, I think that's that's what I find crazy is that he actually has a real. It sounds like a real opinion on this. He has, he's, I think, he's a little misguided, but he has a real opinion versus when you hear some of these politicians talk about what what sounds to be clearly I don't written, think, I, yeah. by, written by somebody else. I don't think that's crazy. I think what it's you're saying unusual. is he actually said something instead of saying yeah. a bunch of crap. Instead of just saying, you know what, those guys who are backing me, like maybe if Facebook throws me a couple of bucks, I'll say what they want to say. He actually has an opinion and he's sticking to it. Uh, it seems a little, it just seems. But he, to get indignant over uh, Jeff Jarvis saying, will you sign a do not harm pledge? What's wrong with signing a do not harm pledge? It belies the fact that he is not reasonable. He is in the pockets of the media industry, and he wants to do what's best for them. He does not want to do what's best for the Internet. Jeff Jarvis said, perhaps out of best intentions, uh, giving him a lot more credit than I just did, perhaps out of best intentions, they will try to change the architecture of the Internet and how it operates. But we don't even know what it is yet. It is too soon to regulate the beast, and I, I agree with Jeff about that. It's a, you know there's there's a lot of power moves going on right now since the internet has become valuable, uh, mm-hmm. and everybody wants to figure out how to control it, uh, and that is not how the internet became valuable by having people control it. I, I I think that doesn't mean that we can never regulate the internet. It doesn't mean that it should be lawless, uh, but I think it is very easy under the cloak of coming with order to ruin it. Uh, and, and to take away the advantages of it. And I don't think that this EG8 has done anything to advance that. In fact, Cory Doctor even put it uh, more sternly, said he declined when he was invited to the EG8. He says he believes it's a whitewash, an attempt to get people to, who care about the Internet to lend credibility to regimes that are in all-out war with the free and open net. Uh, he said, at least now I have a dandy handwriting sample from Sarkozy should I ever need to establish a graphological baseline for narcissistic sociopathy. So I think that, that puts it stronger than any of us have. Um, uh, that's for sure. And I mean, even folks like Mark Zuckerberg and Jimmy Wales, Eric Schmidt, they're sitting there, they're listening to Sarkozy sort of going off the rails and pointing fingers, literally pointing fingers. It's like, well... You don't really get to tell us what I, to do. What bugs me about this is the parental nature of it. It's, yes. it's the fact that they Very come and say, so. all right, you children have been playing with your toy, but enough. It's time to grow. let the grown-ups come in and run things. Exactly. And that's not what's going on. That's not the situation. Uh, what's been going on is the grown-ups have actually been living a real experiment that isn't over yet. And these folks are left out. And they, they dismissed it as being worthless in the 1990s. And over the past 20 years, I've realized this is extremely valuable. and We didn't get our claws in it early enough to be able to control every aspect about it like we have every other piece of media. Yeah. I'm an elected official. Yeah. Listen to me. You. 
I am your better. You know what the internet is? It's it's the um, exth estate. There's you know there's all the different estates: the the monarchy, the people, the mm-hmm. journalists. Mm-hmm. It's there's no number on the internet. It's it it can't it's, be fit into that the, cute it's the little nth state. The end though, I like that. Thank nth you. state. The nth state. All right. Uh, more news coming out of Foxconn. Uh, IHS iSupply saying that uh, because they are shutting down uh, the area that does the polishing that we mentioned yesterday. If you didn't hear yesterday's show, uh, Foxconn attributes to the the explosion at the at their plant to the iPad polishing area because of the the particulates uh, that get into the air from the aluminum polishing. Uh, IHS iSupply says they may face a production loss of 500,000 iPad 2 tablets. The total could be even greater if suspension of operations lasts longer than a month. Han Hai, the parent corporation of Foxconn, has announced the closure of all their polishing workshops pending inspections. So this, this lends credence to the idea that this explosion was caused by that dust. However, Sha Wu of Stern Age says... I think you're overreacting. Uh, He thinks production at other facilities would be ramped up to make up for the shortfalls. Yeah, I mean, there's another Foxconn facility, a factory at Shenzhen. But, I mean, Foxconn's known for really pushing its employees and, hey, you're going to stay as long as we want you to until... You know, we could get these numbers up. So, I mean, if Fox, Foxconn's got to be very careful that they don't do anything to push their employees too far where they have to work and work and work. Because, one, well, it's, it's bad for the employees. On top of that, as a product, it's going to hurt the product. Well, they also have a lot of scrutiny at mm-hmm. this point. I mean, Foxconn has, has never had as much attention as it does now because of this exact thing. I mean, they can't just overwork people that much more. It, well, maybe they can, but I certainly hope that that's not what it comes it's to. Ri- so that it's people riskier than in, ever to yeah, yeah, worldwide get the iPads that they want. I mean, we there are, there are bigger issues here. I, I think uh, I agree. I agree more with Shawu than IHS I Supply. IHS I Supply says the monthly production from that Foxconn plant that had the explosion is five hundred thousand. Well, mm-hmm. just because they're shutting down the polish, the polishing for now doesn't mean it'll be shut down for an entire month. Right? It may or may not. So you're jumping to an inclusion, a conclusion there. And if you do ramp up production in other areas, uh, you probably can make up a lot of the shortfall. I don't think there will be no shortfall, uh, but Apple stock's taking a hit on this because a lot of people are believing IHSI supply and saying, hey, they're not going to sell as many iPads. It's not going to be as many earnings. Twitter has $40 million to throw around, apparently. CNN reports a purchase agreement has been signed between TweetDeck and Twitter uh, for $40 million in cash and stock. Twitter will buy TweetDeck. Now, Twitter just announced that it will be sending email notifications to users when they're retweeted by someone they follow or when someone favorites one of their tweets. These are features found in third-party applications like TweetDeck. Well, that's handy, right? So Twitter pretty much is telling everybody to to stop making uh, Twitter applications unless you're, I guess, Ashton Kutcher, like we talked about yesterday. <laughs> uh, do you think that Twitter's doing anything to pretty much take off the developers to the point where people are just going to stop developing for this? No. I mean, why would they? No. I think you buy TweetDeck to make it clear that there is an upside to developing on the outside for Twitter. So, yeah, at the same time you announce, like, all right, we're going to be adding these features, you have to be able to add features to your main product. You can't say, like, any feature that's ever been added by an outside party we're not going to do because that degrades the main product. You have to be allowed to do that. So to keep developers interested, you say hey, keep developing stuff. Obviously, we're going to roll some of your features into our main product sometimes, but you might win the lottery and get $40 million in cash and stock when we buy your company down the road. So develop for us because we might buy you. Yeah, this is, this is the bu- that's worked for years. Yes. So this is the new business plan. If, if you want to get out there and, 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 and you want to get bought, make a Twitter app that uh-huh. does something new. 
that well, I don't think even, that's even. And new. even if you're not going to get bought, I mean, I know Favestar was another example of a company who was like, "Wait, so we, Twitter's going to send notifications when you know someone favorites a tweet?" This is not exactly what we're talking about now. This is email notifications for getting retweeted, which is actually off by default. So you really have to want to have that. I mean, I, I wouldn't, but some people would. But anyway, yeah, you know, the Favestar folks at one point were like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that Twitter has now added this this feature." But it's like. They added this feature because it's a good one. And the company is like, hey, Favestar is providing a good service. People want this. Of course they would add it into their own repertoire of uh, features. Do you think that Twitter will take out any of the other social networking aspects that are, are already in TweetDeck? It connects to Facebook and Google Buzz and a whole bunch of these other things. That'll be interesting. Will it face that's well. what I worry they about. Won't, they won't take them out, but will Facebook continue to allow TweetDeck to access them? Yeah, mm. because, I mean, TweetDeck is just, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the king as far as working with all of these different social networks and everything. And now that it's inside Twitter, I mean, do they have less of a reason to want to? Although your Twitter, like your Twitter feed feeds into Facebook. So it's not yeah. like Facebook and Twitter hate each other the way yeah. Google yeah. and Facebook. Do. I mean, think about how many Facebook links are added to Twitter every day. There, I mean, there's a lot of traffic that are, yeah. that's going both ways. I think Beatmaster hit on it. The, the moral of this entire story is that the Winklevoss twins should do a Facebook app. <laughs> so close to not mentioning those folks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Spotify. There, drink. Uh, and Canada. And Canada. Uh, also, CTO position is going to remain unfilled by Twitter. They've announced this after their CTO left last week. Uh, say they have no plans to fill it right away. Maybe that's because they're buying TweetDeck. Also, their old CTO was the leader of Samize, which they bought a couple years ago, uh-huh. which became Twitter Search. There you go. So maybe uh-huh. that's why they're like, ah, eh, we don't need to fill it until this deal is done with TweetDeck anyway. Right. Uh, finishing up, a report from video monetization startup Freewheel uh, states that 80% of mobile online video happens on Apple iOS devices. Uh, the iPhone and the iPod Touch each account for about 30% of all video views. The iPad accounts for 20% of online video views. Android accounts for 20%. And uh, all other operating systems account for fewer than one, less than 1% of the, of the online video views. Put this in perspective, though, mobile video viewing accounts for 1% of all online video views. So, yeah, the, uh, yeah, iOS has a big share, but it's a big share of a small pot. But of that share, it sounds like there isn't a lot of flash video being watched on smartphones. That would make sense, yeah. I mean, because if, you can't if 80% watch flash, of it is iOS, that's, it's, yeah. it's definitely less than 20% that's flash. So what, what are people doing with their Android devices? Then they're just they're just not bothering to watch video. Is that what the thing is, or does does uh, does iOS do anything special that makes it the the device that you want to watch mobile video on? Well, iPad has twenty percent. That that seems to well, yeah, over index it because it it hasn't been out as long. But yeah, it's made for video. It's made for watching video. I am surprised about this because um, I actually document every time I run into flash failing while I'm on an iOS device. And it, it happens on average about once a day. Mm-hmm. So, I, and there's and it's usually video that somebody has put in that just doesn't work. But yeah, I see it all the time. I guess I can watch YouTube, and that's the predominant video that people watch. All right, let's move on to <laughs> the news fuse. <laughs> Привет. The Russians have a way to make you talk, sort of. Uh, Russian forensics firm Elcomsoft has figured out a way to break the 256-bit encryption of Apple's iOS 
but it requires physical access to the iOS device. Encrypted software backs up on your com- backups on your computer are not subject to the crack, so the next time someone wants to borrow your iPhone, think twice, especially if they're... Well, actually, no, the Russians are the ones who just discovered it. They're not the bad guys. You sounded more like Scarface than a Russian. <laughs> I'm walking here. I like it. I like it. Uh, Apple's uh, building up its patent stockpile. The company picked up 200 patents and pe- pending patents from Freescale. So what do the patents cover? Details are almost non-existent, of course. It's Apple. But Ars Technica thinks the patents are related to wireless communication, hardware, technology. Take from that what you will. Since so many people visit YouTube daily, YouTube has come up with another way to make money. The video site will sell the first pre-roll ad that viewers see per day to advertisers. YouTube is calling this First Watch and has already tested it with Virgin Mobile and Hotels.com. According to Baljeet Singh, a senior project manager for video monetization at YouTube, millions of people are watching the First Watch ads with a 1% click-through rate. Now, 1% apparently in the industry is very high, so it doesn't sound... I mean, it sounds lousy, but it's good. Say hello to my little password. (laughs) Uh, Remember way back in 2008, let me tell you a story about how the EU slapped Microsoft with a $1.3 billion fine for failing to comply with a European Commission order. Well, Microsoft is like an elephant. It's big, it moves sort of slowly, and also never forgets. The company has told an EU court today that the antitrust fine was excessive and most undeserved. That's a quote. They actually said those words. You tell them, Microsoft... In all of your medievalish English. A strong language. <laughs> Most undeserved. Most undeserved. You don't know what I went through. I walked 20 miles in the... Cisco is on the defensive after being sued by a group from the Falun Gong spiritual movement. The group claims that Cisco helped the Chinese government create and maintain Golden Shield otherwise known as the Great Firewall of China. The Falun Gong movement is banned by the Chinese government, and Cisco says it does not operate networks in China and does not customize products to facilitate censorship or repression. Amazon's 99-cent Lady Gaga album had some unintended side effects. Apparently, a huge amount of demand overloaded Amazon servers. This led to Amazon to tweet, We are currently experiencing very high volume. If you order today, you will get full at Lady Gaga album for 99 cents. Thanks for your patience. So today's deal is for Jay-Z's Reasonable Doubt for three ninety nine. So um, they probably won't have the same demand. You know, the sad thing is I never actually looked to see if my purchase loaded or not. Well, you got the cloud. I just wanted the cloud. Want to know how ISPs are messing with your traffic? Shaper Probe, a research tool from a team at Georgia Tech, detects traffic shaping and determines who does it and how it's done. They've published a paper on their findings, which indicates that cable ISPs do much more shaping than telcos, with Comcast and Cox being the most aggressive, even slowing down uploads. AT&T and Verizon do not traffic shape in either direction, up or down. Telecoms are the good guys? In this case, yeah. Wow. Ubisoft is making a new Ghost Recon game free-to-play called Ghost Recon Online to make money because companies like to make money. You you wouldn't think that they would, but surprisingly they do. The game will have plenty of microtransactions, so you won't be able to play the game until the beta hits in a few months, but you can apply for the beta at Ubisoft's site by either signing up for a Uplay account or just forking over your email address. Yeah, going all ng-moco on it. Sweet. Very interesting. Sweet. It is time now for our new segment, the Sony Hack of the Day. Yay! And actually, it's Sony Hacks of the Day. Uh, Sony Ericsson's online store and Sony BMG Japan have both been hacked. Uh, by the way, thanks to Tim Witters in Belgium for that uh, video uh, that intro awesome. there. If you're on the audio, you only heard the typing, but uh, well done, Tim. And uh, yeah, so uh, there's there are no malicious hackers uh, involved 
in the outage you experienced on the PlayStation Network today. That one doesn't really belong here. That was a planned maintenance uh, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific time today. Uh, during that time, you couldn't change your passwords or register for the PlayStation Network. Uh, but Sony Ericsson's online store and Sony BMG P- Japan. I knew they wouldn't the let us down. Beggars. I thought that when, okay. once a bumper was made that all hacks would stop. What happened? Well, well, we did say that if I made a bumper, oh, it's the just, hacks would stop. It's specific I to didn't you. make this bumper. I mean, I did a little bit to it, but I didn't make it. That's how, that was the loophole. We had Tim All Litters. bumpers Man. from Belgium are, are exempt. Belgium. Yeah, they yeah. slip right through. Uh, Can so, I uh, record the the um, the drop that's been made, like re-record it again, and then say it's I mine? Know. I don't know if that how that would work. I'd yeah. try it. Yeah, yeah. okay. I think that would be like the guy who tried to claim yeah. that his uh, psycho-acoustical yep. reproductions of the Beatles were not copies. But, you know. <laughs> you uh, Sony Ericsson Canada today confirmed that it was hit by a security breach that allowed about 2,000 customer records, including, you, you've heard this one before, first name, last name, email address, and the hash of encrypted passwords uh, to be illegally accessed. This is just embarrassing at this point. Uh, Hacker News reported received a tip from a Lebanese hacker who had breached the site and accessed email addresses. Uh, also, of course, as we mentioned, uh, Sony BMG Japan joins Sony BMG Greece uh, in having its uh, code hacked by a SQL injection attack. And though, though, there you go. It's just not even fun anymore. No, <laughs> except that it is. Except now we, we have a bumper. We were able to exactly. make a joke That's about it. That's how it's it. more fun. Tomorrow <laughs> it'll just seem mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it will happen. <laughs> right. On to the calendar. T-Mobile's new bobsled sub-brand has returned to Facebook a month after it was voluntarily and temporarily pulled during its first week of operation. Fedora 15 was released today featuring Gnome 3 and switches from OpenOffice to LibreOffice. Duke Nukem Forever has gone gold, baby. That means, of course, that the work on the game is done. Master Copy's been sent out to the duplication plants to be pressed and packaged and shipped out to all of us. Sure. It's really happening, Mm -hmm. Ayaz. I get to play it on June 3rd. I'm in the early adopters club. Mm-hmm. So I'll be able to confirm on June third. Did you early personally like, adopt it early, like thirteen years ago when it was launched? No, I didn't. I didn't actually. Thirteen years ago, I didn't give a damn about. What Duke would they Nukem. be called? <laughs> super, super, super like uh, retro adopters. Speaking in Japan yesterday, Microsoft CEO Steve Ballmer announced that the next version of Windows would arrive next year. So yes, world destruction in 2012. Immediately preceding Windows 8. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. It works very well, I think. Did you realize that the uh, announcement of the first version of Windows happened on the same day as the announcement of the discovery of the first virus? That's Mm. neat. True story. Wow. 1983. Cool. 2012. Can't wait. T-Mobile's 4G network got a boost today. 55 markets will have access to download speeds of up to 42 megabits per second using, using HSPA+. I hate saying that. It's like a tongue twister. HSPA plus. Huspa. Huspa. It's you got, got a huspa, Merit. Something you... Okay. Firefox 5 beta has arrived for desktops and Android users. And tomorrow, get this, Wednesday, May 25th, it's Geek Pride Day. And if you don't know where Geek Pride Day came from, sounds fun, right? It, start, it was started in Spain in 2006. It's now celebrated worldwide. And it marks the day that the first Star Wars movie was released. Gracias, España. See, si. Yahoo preps for Investor Day tomorrow. That's also May 25th. Uh, they'll likely need to you know, address things that investors care about, like the Alibaba spinoff, management issues. 
layoffs. Potential layoffs. Or, or Carol sort of Barks stuff. will just flip us off. That's or that, I yeah. I investors, got your investors actually really do like things like they that. They respond to that. Yeah. yeah they really yeah. do. So management's fine. Great. We'll all go home now. Management is strong and angry. Management's the same as ever. Guess we're in good hands. <laughs> On to the voicemail. 260-TNT-SHOW is the phone number. And uh, we have been trying to come up with uh, names for our segment that today we actually had our Sony hack of the day in, but sometimes we just have random stuff. Dave has a suggestion for that. Hi, guys. This is David. Uh, watching uh, some uh, Computer Chronicles on YouTube this weekend, and uh, they used to have a, a new segment at the end called uh, Random Access. Um, Tom, you might remember that show. Uh that would be a nice nod if you would uh, name your show segment uh, Random Access. Just a thought. I like I the idea of it being a nod and not just a ripoff. I used to watch the show, too. It used to be on PBS. Stuart Jaffe, and he'd show you all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. It's like, all right. That, and it had that really awful computer music. And it is mm-hmm. it is random stuff. Random yeah. Access. Okay. I like. I think random is totally the right call. But we could go different directions. If, we, if we, Do people think that Random Access is a ripoff of Computer Chronicles or an homage? I mean, it's the exact same title. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I like the title too, but I, I don't think we can just name it the same thing. We well, could we go. Can, we could call but... it randomize, which is a basic uh, command. What if we did dynamic random access? Randomize. <laughs> so we can change. We got an dark. action item. Randomize. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's time to randomize. <laughs> <laughs> It would be like, the, like pressure luck. Do, do, do. Yeah. And when it would land on, Sony hack. Oh. <laughs> big bucks, no. big bucks. No whammies. No malware. No Stop. malware. Oh, no do. Apple stories. No Apple stories. Oh, you got to just get on that, Jason. Oh. Cool. Okay, I'll program that. <laughs> All right. I don't, yeah, that's, those are not bad ideas, actually. Like Good that. stuff. Good stuff. All right. On to the emails. TNT at twit.tv. Ultimate Buster says, I just like to clear up something about the Foxconn suicides. Foxconn has about 920,000 or almost a million employees. Uh, in 2010, Foxconn had 14 suicidal deaths out of 920,000. In comparison, the U.S. in 2007 had 11.3 suicidal deaths per 100,000 people or about 100 people when translated to the Foxconn size. Uh, not to say that suicide is not a terrible thing. I'm just saying that Foxconn's suicide controversy is a little bit overhyped by the media. Good perspective from Ultimate Buster. Uh, Although, showing that uh, you know uh, this is not statistically accurate, and I'd like a sociologist to weigh in on it, but saying, hey, you know, the, the amount per capita at Foxconn, because it's so huge, is lower than the amount in the United States. Yeah, but... I mean, the amount in the United States is not all people working at the same company. And also how many other people are committing suicide in the country of China. It's kind of hard to compare I think the that two. would be the best comparison is what is the per capita rate in China? Although I bet that's a really hard number to come by. Probably. Um, but yeah, good, good stuff. Thanks, Ultimate Buster. Next email from Brian Smith who says, I've been using Skype for Asterisk, Digium's native Skype client for their PBX software since it was in beta two years ago. Today I received an email from Digium stating that Skype, read Microsoft, has decided to end the agreement that made the integration possible and Digium will stop selling the module on July 26. Support for us existing users will be there for the next two years with Skype's option to renew at that time, but I'll believe it when I see it. If I remember right, Asterisk is like a, f- a free PBX, so you can set up your own f- phone system for free pretty much using, uh, using Asterisk. I mean, maybe it's, it's signaling that Microsoft has plans with Skype to become a PBX on its own, or they, their, their rates just got way too high for Digium to continue with them. Yeah, I, I find it... I, I, I'm a little skeptical that they would be pulling the plug right now mm. uh, because the Skype deal isn't done yet, is it? Is it? 
I don't think so. Not officially. Yeah, and I know that when you are in between the announcement of an acquisition and the and the finalization of an acquisition, you can't conduct your business in any way different than you would have before. Right. I remember that from Tech TV. So if if I'm right about that, then this would have been something that Skype already had planned, which would lend credence to the idea that so the, perhaps it's the not a Microsoft conspiracy. High. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hard to hard to know. Hey, don't forget there is a Twit Brick House that is being built, and you can have a brick in it. If you want, go to uh, bricks.twit.tv. Uh, we're doing a little fundraiser to help us get in to the studio a little earlier. And your name, your logo, all that good stuff can be in the entryway as you walk in if you want. Uh, give, give us a little help out if you can. Bricks.twit.tv. Uh, and uh, the, we'll, we'll find out the clarification on international ordering and how that works and give it to you on tomorrow's show because I know there's been a bunch of questions about that. But thanks to everybody. Bricks.twit.tv. That's it for this edition of Tech News Today. You can find us online. Twit.tv slash TNT. You can give us a call. 260-TNT-SHOW or write us. How come you never write us? TNT at twit.tv is the email. Just put pen to paper. Snail mail? Pens to keyboard. You don't need a pen or oh, they paper. Can, they can just scan hand, their just, just handwritten what? letters. You never, never get that right. We never hear from you anymore. Why don't you write? Miss Stop. Please write. Being pushy. See you tomorrow. Write us. <laughs>